Hey, Elaine. Are you going to talk about wrestling? I'm not. I think we've purged enough listeners so far with five my Five weeks. Last... Yes, five weeks to go. Five that's... weeks to go. Mark's going to, to WrestleMania. Yay! I was about to talk about how we're the only people left in Newcastle this weekend. Yeah, we are. It's the um, what I'm going to call the Carling Cup, but it's not the Carling Cup. It's the Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup, yes. Carabao Cup, but it used to be the Coca-Cola Cup because you told me that this afternoon. And the Worthington Cup. Mm-hmm. And the Rumbelows Cup. Rumbelos. And the Milk Cup. With a bit of Rumbelows. Do you? So, yeah, renting some electrical goods for a ludicrous price. I don't think it was unreasonable. I think it was. I think it was more than it was. buy one. It like, was like we rented a washing machine as like a, a students. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why were you renting a washing machine? Because we, why didn't you go to the laundrette? Because we didn't. Because or it, just buy or just get. Why didn't your house have a have a washing machine? Sorry, I don't I'm know. just a bit. I'm a bit confused. So you're in a student house. Yes. Which would have had like beds and a kitchen and all. You know, it was like a a proper house. Yes. But it didn't have a washing machine. It didn't have a washing machine. And you didn't go to the laundrette like students from soaps. I don't think anyone... You just rented one from Rumbelows. Uh, do students in soaps go to laundrettes? I think, I think lots of people in Yeah, we rented one from like Rumbelows or Radio Rentals or something like that, yeah. Wow, and how much did that cost you? I could not tell you. Maybe it was... It wasn't expensive. Like it was... I've got, I've got in my mind, it was like 12 quid each for the year. Oh, for the year. Oh, right. I thought you were about to say like twelve pound like a week or something like that. No, no. Oh, no. that's not bad. Yeah, like twelve pound a year for a washing machine. It's not between bad. like five of us. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like ludicrous. You know when you see those things on telly and it's like here have a television. It's really exciting. It's huge and um, it'll get four K. And then at the bottom it says APR three thousand percent or something like that. Um, yeah, why are you? What you're, you're waiting to take? I don't to say think something. I've seen those adverts in a long, long time. I think they've probably been outlawed. But yeah, um, yeah. No, but you know that's. I was thinking, oh no, you paying like twelve pound a week for a washing machine? No, but then we'd go to the laundrette. Mm. It's yeah. Mm. So the Baftas happened last week. Yeah, um, and we watched it, but no one else was going to because I put stuff up on our Instagram saying we're gonna watch the Baftas. Anyone else gonna watch it with us? And it was a resounding no from everyone. I've got to admit, I also said no, I but then ended up watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you probably probably because I was uh, sitting there going, right, let's see who's that. I just wanted to get into the mood of the awards season. I think I don't massively rate the BAFTAs as a ceremony I think it's really quite staid they tried to judge it up this year by having Alison Hammond do some celebrity interviews from time to time I mean she's done well for herself hasn't she brilliant I mean Alison Hammond was our era big brother like I remember her from you know the chair and all the other was she in um the year of Johnny who was also from Newcastle uh, I don't know. That's not how I rated people okay. at, the, at the time. Not being, at, not she living was in Newcastle. Kate, Kate Lawler as well. I'm sure she was so in it was that the third year. season of Big Brother. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, Kate Lawler, Johnny Regan. There we go. Well done. Yeah, yeah. It's my. It's like proper peak era for me. So remember who seeing else was him that? down the quayside. Alex Sibley, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Jade Goody. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, quite a seminal. Um, Seminal year that then, isn't it? Yeah, Sandy. Remember Sa- when Sandy I do remember walked Seth. out? Sandy walked out. We did a bin. Spencer. Oh, I remember Spencer. Yeah. Adele Roberts, who's now far who's, more famous. Yeah, yeah, she's PJ. DJ. Yeah. 
And then I think it was the next year when I knew two people going into it, Mm -hmm. which was weird. Maybe from Hull? Yeah, so... um, Was one a hairdresser? Yeah, Dan Bryan was my mum's hairdresser. Mm. And who was the other one? Um, So a girl I went to school with called... Actually, it wasn't the the next year, but um, I'm not quite sure what year it was. Um, A girl who, when I went to school, was called Catherine Pinder. She was called Kitten when she went in the house. Yeah, she went in a sailor suit. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I think she walked after a couple of weeks. Yeah, I remember her. That was very surreal. Like to see two different people. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. But yeah, Alison Hammond. um, I love Alison Hammond. I think she's had a brilliant career. I really love the way that celebrity audiences have really taken to her as well. And, you know, they made a joke at the BAFTAs about she's the only person who's got Harrison Ford to laugh, which, you know, as we all know, he's, he's not the easiest of interview. So, and, and there's clips of her just, I think she really gets people on board and they really go with, with it without her being overly comedic, if that makes sense. I think she's just a friendly face who will have a laugh with people. So I really, I was really pleased that she was there. I wish she had, without... um without dissing Richard E. Grant, who I thought did a perfectly, you know, good job for someone who has to do, has to run the awards ceremony. He was obviously quite emotional at times as well. He's had a, yeah, yeah. he's had a time. Given his, his wife's recent death. So, like, not having a go at him, but I just thought, oh, I wonder what it would have been like if Alison Hammond had done the whole thing. You know, I wonder if it... it if she, why did they give it? I don't know. They're giving it to a, a darling of, of he is of like film royalty. You know? Yeah, you know. but I just I would have liked to have seen her um, being given the the whole of the show rather than being made to do sort of backstage. I don't think the backstage things worked. I mean, we fast forwarded through most of it because we? we got to a point where we got a bit annoyed that they were happening, so we went and watched something else. We for watched a bit. an episode of Pointless. Yeah. Uh, to give us the buffer on the recording of it to be able to fast forward. So through then them. we could fast forward through and the weird moments where we sort of, we were fast forwarding through and so is that Jerry Halliwell? <laughs> so, oh yes, it is. And then having to fast forward, like go backwards and see what she was doing there. Um, obviously, the the big story from the Baftas is that the um, the award winners were all white, um, and I really did think there was an opportunity within the Baftas to give awards to people who have clearly had fantastic years but just don't seem to be getting over the threshold um so there was plenty of people in in the list that i thought oh great they're in the list but they just weren't getting the wins um which i thought was was sad i I was a little bit sad this is completely different but i was a little bit sad that colin farrell didn't get um best actor for Banshees of Inisherin, that Austin Butler for Elvis got it. I think Austin Butler's performance was great. I really enjoyed it. I anyone who's listened to the podcast before knows I really, really loved Elvis. I think it was my top film <laughs> with them um, with Don't Worry Darling. It was sort of like number one, number two, bobbing around um in my brain for ages from last year. But I think it's more about the film as a whole that I loved. Um, and Baz Luhrmann and his direction and just the general madness of that film I really liked and I couldn't understand why they've given it to Butler but I I just really wanted to see Colin Farrell get up and have a good old chat on you know I think that, that was the thing that I think he's so entertaining um, but I was really happy that Barry Kilgan got um, the best supporting that Kerry Condon got best supporting um, 
the women and so the the other people within Banshees of Inner Showing, a film that I did not like. <laughs> you did like it. I, I got a bit bored. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm really pleased that they got um, recognised. And then the song from Ariana Bose. Is that I think that was... I think it was picked on. I mean, we did both go, what on earth is this? It, it's become a meme, mm. which is never a good thing for no. it. But, uh... I mean, she seems to be taking it very much in her stride. I do wonder whether... it, If it had come halfway through the show where everyone had sort of settled into things yeah i think it would be much better but i also think the di- the direction and the editing was really poorly done so you're going to put this great big performance on but you're going to have, sing a song that no one knows the lyrics to you're not going to put them up for people to follow and then you're going to cut to members of the audience for whom you are referencing, who do not know that you are referencing them. And then they cut away before they have time to react yes. to it. Yeah. So clearly you're just cutting to people who might be in the middle of a conversation, who might be checking something, who might just be watching the performance yeah. and sort of trying to catch on to what the words are. So they're all looking a little bit like they're not quite sure or the, it's, even some of them looked a bit pissed off and you just thought, no, they're not. They're just, they've just entered an award ceremony they're trying to get, you know, you everyone knows what it's like when you go to the theatre, for example, and you're just sitting there, you're just trying to sort of get into it. And then suddenly they're being bombed, oh God, my face is on the screen, I don't really know why. So I think if it had come halfway through, or what I w- would have done direction-wise is I would have... Finned awards yeah, uh, producer. Exactly. Yeah, too right. Um, I would have had pictures of them come up on the screen behind her, like stills... And I would have had the lyrics um, written. I would have had um, subtitles going through, so we could and all follow. Ball. No, but you know what I mean. Like, and put the na- or putting the names up, so then they would see themselves on the screen. But it wouldn't just be their image, and they can react to it and they could follow it. I think it, just this sort of like we're going to put a camera in your face doesn't I work. Like, I don't like the idea of the lyrics on screen. I okay. don't know why, but anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. I think we're going to break from tradition this week, aren't we? I know, I don't understand. <laughs> well, we've seen films separately, so I think yeah. we're going to cover them first, just to sort of, yeah. Yeah, we've never done films first. But that's fine, okay. because there's no, it's arbitrary, the order that we picked at the <laughs> no, start. It just feels weird. And we can, we're still, the reason we always did movies second was because there were no movies when we first started oh, this podcast. Oh, yes, of course, yes, you're right. But now there are lots of movies and we've yes. been to see them, but separately. Yes. And then we've got a few, a couple of TV shows to talk and about. And we've seen them together. Yes. So you said it would be better to end on things that we had seen. Yeah. And yeah. we can argue and about. And we could argue about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, films then. <laughs> Let's talk about films. Saturday night at the movies. Who cares what picture you see? So, I'm going to start with Cocaine Bear. Okay, heading out with the uh, the film of the moment. Yeah, this is... I mean, do you know the story of Cocaine Bear? The Ooh, real I mean, life story? No, I mean, I've seen the trailer. Cocaine gets sent in the wood or drops out of a plane and a bear okay do you want to know the real life story <laughs> no not really well you're gonna Go for, on, then. <laughs> for context 
<laughs> so um, some drug smugglers were in a plane. Mm. Um, I said that. They... <laughs> the plane was too heavy, so they had to drop some bags off the side of the plane. And one of them jumps out with the with this cocaine that they're dropping off, gets caught up in his parachute and dies. So there is oh, loads that's... of bags of cocaine scattered around a forest. Mm-hmm. This really happened in 1985. Now... This is quite a tragic story. Because, yes, that's what I was thinking. I mean, drug. I mean, uh, drug. Yeah, drug smuggler. Of, you know, yeah, like um, there are lots of victims yes. of that. Yeah, but okay. Uh, and, and a black bear finds the cocaine, ingests two million pounds worth of cocaine, and obviously, sadly, um, dies from the ingestion. God. Yeah, which is a very sad, sad thing. Yeah. It's. It was then. It, it's become sort of a bit of folklore um the actual bear was stuffed uh, it's now known as pablo Excabear, um and it's on display in like a um shopping mall or a like a gift shop around here it's not nice round here not round here sorry <laughs> around here it's a metro yeah. center yeah, yeah. <laughs> round where it was okay and it's this has become the sort of story that's was kind of like emailed to people mm-hmm. like yeah it, I'm sure that I've got an email with like the story of the cocaine bear on it back in the day, like the internet forwards and things like that. I think a lot of people have discovered it recently, and so a B movie has been made based on that story. Is it directed by Elizabeth Banks? It's directed by Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. In all, in any other life, this would be a straight to sci-fi, um, stupid B movie. However, this has got a really, really good cast. Do you know who's in it? Nope. So, Kerry Russell, uh, Alden Enreich, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ray Liotta in one of his final roles. Um, I think it is his final role. I th- he's got a couple more credits on IMDb, I've just oh, checked. Okay, but, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., um, Margot Martindale, who I absolutely love. Yeah, um, and the guy who played... Um, it's Christopher Hivju. I'm gonna okay. do that. Uh, played uh, Tormund Giantsbane in oh, Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So really, really good cast. Mm-hmm. So I went to see it this afternoon. Um, the theatre was like pretty busy for a Saturday afternoon. So it, this has obviously attracted people. I'm gonna be the get the footy duty bit out of the way first. I'm not really comfortable with something that kind of glorifies the use of cocaine like i know that like you know songs have been doing it for years like white lines and shit like that but but white lines isn't necessarily glamorizing you know it's don't do it and this is what it does to you and do you know like if you listen to the lyrics of white lines it's actually quite hard hitting yeah. But yeah, I know it gets played in that sort of, you know, and, and it's quite I upbeat. Mean, this doesn't really <laughs> sell the joys of cocaine. Yeah. This bear's quite upset. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is the story of the bear that ingests cocaine and goes on a fictional rampage around the woods. So it didn't actually do this in the real life. It no. just died. No one died That's on the sad. back of this. Yeah, okay. it is. Well, yeah. the bear died. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. No humans died apart from mm. the dealer who got caught oh. up in his parachute. God. Or smuggler. It's very heavy, this. I thought this was meant to be a comedy. <laughs> so, what we get here is a number of different storylines. Um, we get Ray Liotta, who is a drugs kingpin, who sends his goons out to fetch this cocaine, which is in a, um, which is lost in the woods. 
Stop laughing because I sing Lost in the Woods to play the song from Frozen 2. <laughs> we also get two school children who bunk off school to go and paint a, um, a waterfall, so then get lost in the woods. Do children do that? Do they, do they bunk off school to paint a waterfall? That's, they're interesting children, aren't Apparently they? Apparently so. Wow. And then we get Kerry Russell, who is the mum who has found out that there is a bear going rampage, oh, and no. so he's looking for her daughter Needs and friend. To, yeah, rescue the children from the bear. And we also get Isaiah Whitlock Jr.'s mm-hmm. um, policeman who is going to investigate to... Um, known associates of drug dealers who has been seen in the area. Right, okay. So all these different people are, are, are converging on the woods. Mm. Yes. 40 minutes into this, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? It, it was slow. Um, the And I'll be honest, the Kerry Russell storyline of this really, really drags whenever it's on screen. Um, what doesn't drag is the story of the drug dealers and the whole of the second act where this film just shifts gear and goes absolutely hell for leather. Um, I'm so glad I watched this in a relatively busy theatre because everyone was having a hell of a time. There is absolute, there is ultra gross comic violence as you would expect from a film called Cocaine Bear. There is bites, there are gunshots, there are accidents, there are people getting thrown out of things, there are people falling off things, there are limbs falling off all over the place. If you if you want to see a film called Cocaine Bear, and I fully understand that not everyone wants to, try and see this in a packed cinema. Like, go on Friday night, go on Saturday night, have a couple of beers, and just turn off your mind unfortunately the ending also has a little bit of trouble because the ending takes place in a in a scene which it could be so it it could be a really beautiful moment but because to show things share the passage of time it takes place at night so everything's a little bit dark okay. and yeah they're in the middle of these woods and elizabeth banks knows how to shoot like scenery and stuff like that like he's not going to be like the revenant or anything like that <laughs> but this looks all right at times. You know, like, there are some, there are some shots of the scenery where you're like, oh, that, that's really pretty. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really nice. And then there is a bear going rampage. Uh-huh. I don't know where to place this because I enjoyed myself. This isn't a good film. Like, this is never this is never going to be up for the BAFTAs next mm-hmm. year. But fucking hell, I enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it's... The, the beginning was awful. Not awful, but the beginning dragged. The ending could have been better. But that middle act is just a film going hell for leather. And I think it peaked at the wrong time. Um, the girl three seats down from me was having an absolutely lovely time. Um, screaming at the right points. Going, oh, at the right points. And yeah, yeah. That's that's what cinema's all about. Yeah. yeah Cooking Bear yeah, is what yeah. cinema is all about. There you oh, put that on the poster. No, no, do not put that on the poster. I think they're going to... I heard this, that they're going to make a one with, with the shark. So it's going proper, not even B-movie, it's going down that... Um, were you talking about this the other night? Is it Asylum who make the rip-offs of yes. the bigger films? So Mega, Shark, Octopus, Jaws. Yeah. Sort of, kind of they that also sort make of like the Transmorphers... Um, yeah, like Thor, the 
Um, and then they will do a, mm-hmm. a like Thor Thunder and Love or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sort of thing. So it's it's going down that route, isn't it? If you're going to then do it with a big shark and cocaine shark and, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, I think the Asylum um, have done something like Crack Shark or something okay. like that. Oh, well. Oh, well. So you've seen something. <laughs> yes, something you know for something entirely different. Hmm. Yeah, in preparation for awards season, I felt that I should go and see some more films that are going to be up for Oscars and, yeah. and, and other other awards. And I'm really interested in acting performances and particularly Brendan Fraser's Renaissance. I know they're calling it a Renaissance, which I'm trying to avoid saying, but I've said it anyway. But his... Um, his... his sort of return into into film and I was more interested in it when um I was in London recently and I'm really annoyed because there was a screening of the mummy at the Prince Charles cinema and I think I'd said to someone as I was oh, I'm really thinking about going to see that but um when I by the time I got to the hotel I was doing I was working the next day on a Saturday and you know you kind of think oh can I be bothered to go out on the Friday night? Do I not just want to take take the opportunity to sleep in a bed by myself with no one shouting "Hey" from next door, hey. or just the monitor, the light of the monitor coming on and your heart sinking? Oh God, he's awake and it's two in the morning. Um, so I thought oh, I'll just I'll go for a wander and then I'll go back to my hotel. Little did I know <laughs> that Brendan. Fraser was going to bloody well turn up to the Prince Charles as the character of Rick from The Mummy. Or I was going to say, name him. Was name probably him. Dre- it's Rick something, and I can't remember what his surname is. Um, and did a whole sort of like piece. Like he came up, he jumped up on the stage, and he talked to everyone, and he had his photograph taken outside, because obviously he's around for awards season. And that made me want to go and see The Whale even more, because... People have been talking very much about this performance. It has been nominated. I think it's won for a number of um, awards. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not really interested in, in this in this film at all, but I want to go and see his performance so that I can judge for myself. So I went to um, our independent cinema, the Tyneside. I think there was only um, five or six other people in with me. It was very, very quiet. Everyone sort of like sat very far away from each other. It was a beautiful sort of cinema going state for a film like this, which is quiet, which is essentially a three-hander, maybe, you know, with some other people coming in. Um, and it's incredibly theatrical because it is a, a stage play that has been put okay. on put on screen so it is quiet and it does have that that theatrical mood now fraser's performance because that was the reason i'd gone to see it fraser's performance is a good performance i can see why it's winning awards but the problem i have with this film is twofold first of all i don't feel it offers anything more than if I had gone to see this in a theatre. It was so, you could just, it was almost like I was watching a video of a a theatre performance. Does that make sense? You're you're shoving your eyes down and... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. 
I don't necessarily see that as a criticism, but but I I I can understand understand your point. To me, that sounds quite a that sounds quite an attractive thing. But okay, okay. I I wonder if I'm using the wrong phrasing because when I say theatrical, that sounds exciting and sort of like wondrous. Whereas what I'm saying is that it was so stagey. Okay, maybe that's. Maybe I'm using the wrong terminology. It it was stayed. It was stagey and stayed. And it was just so obvious that this was once in a a theatre production. So I don't mind films like that. Mm. Like, um, Mass was one of my favourite films from a couple of years ago. Mm. Or um, might have been last year, even. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and that is very much a... That is... That... that that is very dissimilar. Like, you can feel that this should be on stage. Mm. Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't even remember whether that was or wasn't, mm. but it is four people in a room. Yeah. And, yeah, and that feels like... I mean, yeah, I yeah. I don't see that as a negative, but I can and, understand why. And sometimes why. I don't... So when I saw The Father, uh, Anthony Hopkins' The Father, which, again, was based on a, a stage production, I really enjoyed the way that that was produced in the mm. way that you were in, a, in a, an apartment and all of the different things that were, were used there. And I think that uses some tricks that you can't use on stage. Absolutely. Right, okay. Whereas this, the entire way through, I'm thinking, oh yes, on the stage, that's what you would do with this. On the stage, that's when this shadow would come in. On the stage, that's where the door would be. Um, so I was just thinking that all the way through and I and I didn't feel it. I just felt it was stayed, and the 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 second part of this, which is has been spoken about quite a lot. This is why I'm sort of pausing because I really want to think about what I'm saying. This film is about a man who has um, suffered a, a a number of of difficult times, and has turned to food as a comfort. Yeah. He is in a much larger body than he was in previously to the point where he finds it hard to even get up out of his chair without mm. assistance and he has a carer who comes in and, and and helps him and he is in med- a medical um medical difficulties because of the larger body that he is he's is living in. The film has had a lot of criticism around its portrayal of someone who is in a larger body yeah but it's also put forward this idea that and this particularly comes from from fraser in the the interviews that he's done putting forward this idea that it is trying to show um empathy that the that the film has empathy and trying to give an audience a greater understanding of why someone might find themselves um, eating more than they even want to, you know, the level of food addiction, you know, all of all of these things are finding food as comfort. Yeah. And I think he has his heart in exactly the right place. And when I hear him talking about um, the people that he spoke to, um, the charities that he went, you know, and, and when he speaks about we should have more empathy or we should have more understanding or we shouldn't dismiss people because of the way that they look, all of those things absolutely right and completely ring true. 
The film doesn't do that for me. Okay. The film absolutely puts things on in front of you where you are led as an audience member to stare and to feel a level of what am I looking at and um, dis- it, it's inviting you to be disgusted at what you are seeing. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because when certain things occurred within mm-hmm. the, the production, I heard some members of the audience reacting in a way that I found really difficult okay. to, to understand. Laughing and also um, a sort of like a, Ugh, you know, that... that yeah. And you didn't go see this at a... No. This was at an art house cinema. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I am not... I'm not having a go at the other people in the room, although I was feeling really uncomfortable in it. I'm having a go at the film because I th- it it lingers. It, it has... There are certain scenes where you are absolutely invited to go, look at this man. Look what he has done to himself. Right. Now, I don't think that's the intention because yeah. I've listened to a lot of interviews around it, but that is how it was portrayed to me. And that was certainly the reaction, not from everyone, but, you know, I had that reaction. Now, I've heard on other podcasts that other people have been in a similar situation and other art house people being in art house cinemas, being in, you know, not... It wasn't a cinema that was full of 15-year-olds that don't really know where to put their emotions and therefore yeah. laugh. So, yeah, I have some... I, I don't think it's a good film. I really don't think it's a good film. Um, I think the ending's preposterous. And um, I think some of the performances are interesting. Sadie Sink's in this. And now she's brilliant. She's she's brilliant actress, but I think she's playing... I say, there's a book coming here, isn't Yeah, there? she's playing the same... To me, she's playing it exactly the same as Stranger Things. She is a teenager that has a lot going on. Yeah. You know... So I really struggled to see her as any different from that Stranger Things role. The person who I think deserves all of the praise, if we're going to praise this film, is Hong Chao, who I don't know if you know Hong Chao. I think she's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress in I know her things. from when she has been nominated for this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but other than that, not, not particularly. Do you remember from... Um, I can talk at a proper pace now. Um, do you remember the film called Downsizing that was on a few years ago and it was like an indie that we saw like a trailer for and we so, were like, oh, it's really, really interesting. I remember we really wanted... We saw mm. that and thought, oh, that looks like a really interesting um, trailer. Yeah. I think I came back and said, oh, put this trailer on because yeah. it looks really really good and then the reviews came out and i mm-hmm. never watched it yeah and then i um i watched half of it and halfway through it just went in a place that i was like not expecting she's in she i think that was maybe one of her big um breakout roles and she was and i remember her from that film okay um and she's been in very various other things as well but she is brilliant as, as his as his friend mm. and confidant and carer and having had a caring role for the past four years really understanding and, and knowing about caring as well, knowing other yeah. people's experience of caring, I thought that really, really worked for me. Um, and I th- thought she was brilliant. So I was really happy to see that she had been nominated for things. So yeah, um, I am a little disappointed, to be honest with you, because I was sort of expecting more. And I came away feeling a bit a bit uncomfortable and 
not happy with the film as a as a, I was driving home and I was just thinking I just I think you your heart might have been in the right but I mean, obviously you know with the reviews um, with the interviews that I've listened to there's clearly a lot of like this idea of empathy and but that is not what the film was saying to the audience for me yeah, I mean, I recently watched What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm. Have you ever seen that? No, but I, I remember it being huge at the time. Part yeah. of the point is that um, Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio's mother is um, is housebound due mm. to due to her weight. Um, and... Has he got um, has, um, has Leonardo DiCaprio is he meant to be learning disabled in yes, that film is. as yeah, well? Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, but the portrayal of the mother is done without, and it's by someone who I don't believe was wearing prosthetics at the time. She oh, was, okay, right, like, okay. It felt, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a sympathetic portrayal. Yeah, yeah. As, and different times, yeah. Uh, you know, we say that so often. It's thirty years ago, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. it doesn't feel it didn't feel it made me feel very uncomfortable mm. on scenes which I don't think I was. I would, the audience would have necessarily felt uncomfortable in yeah. 1993. Certainly, if I had watched it when I was 13, I wouldn't have mm. done that. But yeah. Mm. Something a bit lighter. Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. I actually really, really wanted to go and see this. There was something else I was doing, wasn't it, that morning when you went to see it? Yeah. Um, but for, out of all of the Marvels, like recent Marvels, because we watched the trailer together and we also watched the sort of um, what has happened in other Ant Man films. That, or, or in other Marvel films about Ant-Man to sort of get you up to date. Yeah. I actually felt more inclined to see this one. And also I really like the trailer because it's got Elton John singing in it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for anyone who's on the borderline about seeing this, mm. I don't think the two Ant-Man films are the best remembered films out of the franchise. On Disney Plus they do a TV show called Marvel Legends and they're just sort of like five minute shorts. And they are made to get you up to speed with what's happened in the franchise for the film. And having seen this film, having watched them, they are made knowing what is happening in the film and they are sort of, they cut and paste definite bits, which it's almost like, remember when you used to watch Lost and you were like, mm. previously on Lost, yes. and then you see that character that appeared and then you're four like, years ago and I'm oh, like, oh, they're coming into this episode. That's going to pop up in yeah. someone's flashback then. Uh, I thought these Marvel Legends thing were really good, actually. Yeah. It really got me, because I have not seen... Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp and I don't remember anything about Ant-Man but this like I don't know who Michelle Pfeiffer is or what she's doing but yeah it really got me up to date and I thought oh these are, they were very well done actually I mean Disney know how to make uh, yeah, yeah I know but you know <laughs> sometimes with these things. things you just think what am I watching but I, I quite enjoyed it and it really did give me a taste for going to see it and there's still part of me now that's thinking oh I wouldn't mind because all the spoiler specials have come out for it as well all the podcast spoiler specials and I'm a sucker for a spoiler special I love just listening to people for two hours talk about a film in depth so <laughs> I want to see it so that I can listen to them Anyway, Mark, you went to see this film. I went to see this film, um, in which Scott Lang, Hope Van Dyne, Dr. Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne, and daughter Cassie Lang get transported to the quantum realm that's been featured in the other two previous films. Well, they love their quantum stuff at yeah. the minute, don't they? Yeah. And meet a world which is cohabited by Kang the Conqueror, another version of the Kang that we saw in the finale of Loki. Mm-hmm. Keep up, everyone. Yes. Now. 
have you read a lot of reviews of this? Or yes, heard a lot I've of reviews? heard a lot of reviews. I haven't read any. Um, I've just heard them on the various podcasts that we listen to. This is a film that has t- got a bit of a kick in. Yeah, well, a mixed, a mixed sort of. I mean, it seems in my mind it's a three because it seems to be like oh, some people think it's a four and some people think it's a two. I think the Empire team were positive on it, but mm. I feel that they are positive on a lot of Marvel <laughs> stuff. What surprised me was the film cast really, which is another podcast that we listen to, really, really hated this film. And I can see why. Um, This is very CGI heavy. You are put in a world where nothing really makes sense. You get a big cast of alien characters and it felt to me very much, it reminded me very much of like the cantina scenes at the beginning Mm, of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, you know, you get weird aliens that you're never really sure why they're there or what they're doing mm-hmm. or how it actually works in in practicality, mm-hmm. but they're just there in this world. And that we have our characters that we know put in the middle of them and you have to get by. And that works for me, like the cantina-esque-ness of it. This looks incredibly fake. Um, Jonathan Majors uh, playing Kang is really good, but doesn't necessarily have a lot to do in it. Um, the team is split up because, of course, they're split up and have to find each other because, of course, they have to find each other. Um, there is a character from previous films that comes back and the effects are laughable. Okay. Um, they have... Oh, I want to know who it is. They have had a bit of a change in their life and I... The the visual that it represented to me was mm-hmm. Games Master. Ooh. I thought Dominic Diamond or <laughs> Dexter Fletcher was going to come out and oh, Game Master, get Patrick uh, Patrick Moore on screen. It just looked shit. Um, it and the worst, the biggest cramp this does is like the first, certainly the first Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. I didn't enjoy much at all. But the first Ant-Man was a lot of fun. There is this cast of characters that sit around him. Like, Scott Lang works with Michael Peña, who is hilarious in these films as Lewis. Um, David Dasmakian, who mm. does provide a voice role, but as Kurt, is like really funny in the background. Judy Greer, who I absolutely love from Arrested Development as his ex-wife and Bobby Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale as oh, Bobby his <laughs> as her new husband, yeah. really, really adds something to the film. Mm-hmm. They're not in it at all because oh, okay. we don't get to see Ant-Man in our world apart uh-huh. from maybe five minutes either side of this. Right. Everything else takes place in the quantum realm. Mm. The Part of the fun of this was Ant-Man shrinking and having to cope with, like, you remember the, where he's getting chased by the train in the first mm, film? Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. They show that running lot, on the they? record and yeah. seeing the grooves and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so when he's really small, the whole point is that you're like, oh wow, that's a, such a different viewpoint. But mm. being in the quantum realm means yeah. all that context is gone. Mm. Um, it's this is featured in the trailer, but there is a appearance from Bill Murray, um, whose reputation is probably less than when yeah, he yeah. filmed this film. Okay. Um, and Bill Murray plays Bill Murray, um, and you know he's perfectly funny. Um, 
But in the background, I am thinking, oh, it's Bill Murray. I don't yeah. know how I'm supposed to feel about this. And also it's a sense of, like, why do we have to have this in here? Is this now Men in Black where you have those sort of cameo performances? I, I, There's part of me that thinks the fact that you're having to bring people like that in means that the rest of your film doesn't have any substance. Well, I think that, chaos theory means know, that with a long enough... Um, long enough run up Bill Murray's going to appear in one, one yeah, Marvel film yeah, yeah, they're running out of actors they can I use know. to be fair um, I mean God Harrison Ford's going to appear in a future one oh, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not the reaction at all no it? no I just sometimes I think these things are just shoved in and there's okay. no real thought to them and then it just becomes a oh look a cameo rather than a well thought through but you know something that you actually yeah. think wow that means something and, and this film has one of the worst Marvel third acts I've ever seen. Like, it is Deus Ex Machina after Deus Ex Machina. Mm. Um, I genuinely thought that... No, I won't say that because that's spoiler Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, so where are, you, where are you coming down? That you, you sound like you're more near the two. Well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've heard this in reviews. Yeah. However... I'm. I, I've done a lot of soul searching to understand why I enjoyed this film while I was sat in the cinema, because there are flaws, on, stacked on top of flaws, stacked on top of flaws, and I think the fact is the cast carry this through. Um, Paul Rudd, obviously, one of the most charismatic men in Hollywood, ever. Like. Maybe not ever, but Maybe certainly around ever. at the minute. But just perfectly likeable in everything he does. Well cast. Yeah, well yeah. cast. Evangeline Lilly, another person who recently, like, recent tweets make me think, oh, I wish you just got back to being kids and I didn't have to know much about you. Again, has nothing to do, which is a bit criminal because this has now been three films and when are we actually going to get something to do? But Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are a lot of fun in this. They've got real good chemistry and the chemistry that they bring with the Bill Murray character, I think, was was genuinely quite fun. Jonathan Majors is great in everything. Um, I don't feel he has a lot of threat in this. He just feels like another, another Marvel baddie. But we'll come on to... I've got further thoughts on that. I mean, for me... I I love Catherine Newton, who is the person who's been cast as Cassie Lang. Um, I think probably the third person because she was cast before, and then, and then there she was, was the a blip. Child, yeah, she? and then yeah. after the blip, she aged five years, mm. and they brought in Catherine Newton. Do you know Catherine Newton? No, at all? no, not at all. So she was the daughter in um, Big Little Lies. Oh, all right. I first saw her in she well, was... um, the daughter as in. Um... Reese Witherspoons. Reese Witherspoon and oh, that was very good. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, and Adam Scott. Adam Scott, yeah. stepdaughter. She's very yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. really good in that. She's really good in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay. She was in Freaky last year. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't see that, but I but know yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I get the same vibes with her that I got the first time I saw Florence Pugh, and mm. that she's like she stands out in a f- like in small roles in things. Yeah. So. That seems to have worked out for Florence Pugh. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Beloved Florence Pugh of this, yes. ho- of this household. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think the other thing is, this, f- to me, feels like Marvel 
going towards something. I've said before when I've reviewed the films, they feel very insular and after. What got me into the Marvel films was the wider world when we started to get like... I can't say Chaos Emeralds. No, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. <laughs> Infinity Stones popping up in films. And yeah. So like, you could link it all together and yeah, you're, you're finding... Yeah, it's the it, wider yeah. world, which mm. I really do. And I feel that I... The only thing around Kang that makes me know that he is going to be part of the wider world is the fact that <laughs> I know the f- titles of future films. Yeah. Nothing in this film indicates that Kang is going to be any more than any other off-the-shelf Marvel baddie. But I think I was just happy to be there. So I can fully understand why people hate this. Um, I can fully understand why this didn't work for anyone because there are many, many problems with it. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't happy to be there and just live through it. Just live through it? Yes. That's what, the, yes. Was it two and a half hours or a bit longer? Oh, no, it's less. It's two hours oh, long. Okay, it's okay. less than two hours, I believe. I was thinking it was going to be like closer to three because Marvels tend to be quite long. No, there is. And I was thinking is, of you living through it. This is quite a simple story, to okay. be perfectly honest. Um, people go to the quantum realm. People... Mm-hmm. Come the out of the realm, quantum realm. People fighting the quantum yeah, realm. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, fair enough. Yeah, no, it's three um, very different films, aren't there? That we've been to yeah. see, and really indicative of what's on at the cinema at the moment. There's so many th- things I really want to see, and particularly as we go towards awards season, um, and lots of sort of independent films. There's, there's one called Blue Jean. It's a um, a film set in in Newcastle in the in the northeast in the 1980s, which is why I was straight away I was sort of like oh, um, and, but it's about a, a PE teacher who's gay and uh, she's not out, and this is a time where Section 28's coming in, and uh, you know there's just all that um, homophobia and discrimination and identity politics and just. Oh yeah, there's there's so much to it. Based in the northeast, and I went to school in the eighties in the northeast, and I was thinking about this even before I went to see the film. I was thinking about all the teachers that I would have had as I went to a number of different schools, and not one of those teachers were were, were out as as gay. And I must have had a number of teachers who were gay and who didn't feel able to be their authentic selves. And so I really want to go and see this film because I want to understand the context of Section Twenty Eight more, um, understand the history of it more, but also to see that that era portrayed. And it's meant to be really good. It's a film called Blue Jean, if I haven't said that already. Yes. But I'm I'm using that as an example of just this. It's not just the big blockbusters that are out. There are films based in our region that mm. are, you know, that are getting lots of recognition. And I just feel there's lots going on in cinema at the moment. And if you get a chance, go see Marcel the Shell with shoes oh, on. God, yes, you're I obsessed with film. this film. It's a lovely film. Yeah. Um, like you just watch the trailer, you get everything you need in there. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly, they showed the trailer before I before the film. So then you would have you're like you're seeing the film. Or like a summary of the film before you see the film. Yeah, which that is, was annoying. Which is annoying. Like, and also, I was in the Odeon in the Metro Centre. Mm. There were five people in the cinema mm. in total because it was like a Wednesday morning showing. And also, this is quite an arty film, isn't it? Like, or at least it's it's in that category. That I would I look at it and I think it's about a little shell. And it's sort of it's like animated, it's isn't it? It's stop motion and, animation. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't think it's arty, but but I yeah, mean, it's are... not showing on every hour at the Odeon, is it? You know, like I mean, like a, was... like an Ant Man would be or something like that. But, well, That's what no, I'm saying. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's an independent film. 
It's A24, so oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> but yeah, like, and the trailer shows third act things. Oh. And so, like, obviously everyone sort of looked at each other quite nervously when this mm. came on, like, I think this might be fucking blurred. Mm, yeah. But yeah, weird. Okay. But yeah, it's a lovely film. It's innocent, It's but it's it it has a very different view on life. To th- It's kind of like, a, it's a shell mm-hmm. that talks and has and shoes, got shoes on. on. Um that kind of has a viewpoint in life. You know when kids say things that are really profound? Mm. Like, it's kind of goes through life looking like that, but okay. really eloquently and mm. things like that. It's beautiful. It's been getting five stars across the board. In yeah, the yeah. Various different... Rightly so. So nice to see that you were able to get another review of one of the films that you've seen <laughs> in there as well. Should we stop talking about film and talk about things that we've seen together in telly? Watching television, watching television. What do you want to do first? We've got two to do. Let's do Picard. Picard! Jean-Luc Picard! Remind me what happened. We... (laughs) This is another one of my... My brain doesn't work. Many years ago, when Picard came back... I can't even tell you what channel it was on, because I think it's moved around a bit, hasn't it? So when... It was on Prime. Was it? Right, okay. So Picard came back. This is Jean-Luc Picard. Star Trek The New Generation... Next generation. That's it. The next generation. <laughs> Famed Captain Picard. Now he's older. Now he's in a vineyard. He's going to be called back. Something's going to happen. He's going to go on an adventure, right? Season one. Yeah. You watched all of it, didn't you? I mean, can we clarify? I hate watched all of it. Mm-hmm. And I gave up after a few episodes. I like the Sensibly. idea. Yes, yes. I like the idea of... Picard as an older man, I like the idea of him carrying on his adventures, but the storyline did not grab me at I all. I think the first episode was pretty good, mm, if I remember mm, rightly. Mm, and I yeah. think we, it looked beautiful, mm. the first episode. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. There was some really, like, the lighting, the lighting. was really well mm. done and stuff like that. But fucking hell, the storyline yeah. was absolutely shocking. Like, no, I remember, I don't remember, I don't remember much about the entire season apart from Picard dressing up as like a musketeer and pissing about and like just thinking why like and I I think that happened in like that was the sort of thing that would happen in like a shit Star Trek episode yeah yeah and it would be like 45 minutes of it and then in the holodeck yes yeah exactly (laughs) but a whole series of it and, you know, someone, yeah. like, it was such a shame because, like, I was never a massive Trekkie, but my friends were. Mm. So I used to watch Star Trek Next Generation, just have stuff to talk to them about. And, like, like I said, there are shit episodes. Yeah. There are episodes that really stay with me to this yeah, day. Like, yeah. uh, I can't tell you many, like, episodes of shows that I've really loved. Mm. But I remember, like... The Borg episodes and the mm, Q episodes. Yeah, and the ones with data. Like, we still use the term, there are four lights, four <laughs> lights, there are four <laughs> oh lights. God, we really do. Like, all the time, even yeah. though, like, we, yeah. Um, and, but yeah, my friend Neil, hi Neil, if you're listening, was really into Star Trek. Um, a, a couple of other friends, like friend Mark, um, was also really into it. So it was just, like, a topic of conversation around, mm. uh, around our group of friends, so... Yeah, um, so I feel like I'm comfortable enough with the lore to watch it. I've never watched any 
DS9, never watched mm-hmm. any Voyager. Okay. Watched very little um, of the original series. Yeah, yeah. So and I here. think I've watched Generations and what's the second one? Nemesis? What, First Contact. Um, Nemesis First Contact was, yeah. A, yeah. Sorry, I've seen, I remember seeing Generations and First Contact. Mm-hmm. And then I've never saw Insurrection. Yeah, yeah. Or Nemesis. Ooh, Nemesis, yeah. yeah. And that's with Tom Hardy as, as Nemesis. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've seen all of them. And okay. um, I watched, um, <laughs> I've just got the name wrong, Next Generation. And I remember all of the, you know, like uh, Dr. Crusher and Wesley and uh, Jonathan Frakes and Number One and um, all of that sort of stuff. I really do like, it's sort of just part of my brain because I think it was either on in like lunch times or something or on at a particular time when you sort of got in from school or something. And it just, it, I just always remember it being there at the right time it was on six o'clock on a wednesday on bbc two see that's kind of it isn't it once you've had your tea and you've got in your homework yeah and because the episodes weren't like stupidly long like today's (laughs) sounds like an old woman but you know like when things go on for like an hour and a half and you think i haven't got enough time for that but you know it was just quick and like you say there were some episodes that were really um really tried to say something where others were a bit more comedy and it was almost like they were able to play so one week they would do something a bit off the wall just because they could whereas the next week we would be talking a lot about um morality for example and picard would always be coming out with like these shit well a shakespearean quotes because obviously patrick stewart and um then the next minute he'd be talking about wine and classical music and the from the from the twentieth century, blah blah blah. So I really enjoyed the the people. Twenty two and twenty four episode seasons, yeah, so yeah, yeah they, they had a lot long. to play with. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I was excited to see what he he would do. I once um stood behind Patrick Stewart when he was in the old HMV, which is no longer there, um in Newcastle City Centre, and he was buying an Annie Lennox CD. Um, weren't we all yeah exactly so yeah you can tell tell the date as well he had a he had a flat cap on because when you wear a flat cap no one can knows you are a celebrity um you did yeah that's what i'm saying that was my joke oh right okay sorry (laughs) that wasn't clear you know yeah put a cat on and nobody will recognize you anyway so lots of goodwill with this didn't go back for season two but heard on various podcasts that season three was very much going to be get the gang back together. Yes. And I think it's actually called Next Generation, or like I think episode one was called like Next Generation. I really, really hoped it was yeah. like the subtitle of the season was Let's Get the Gang Back Together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there was this poster that was released, which essentially it looked like one of the films. It looked like a Next Generation film because yeah. it just had all of the people that we know. You know, Geordie LaForge, Jonathan Frakes, you know, all of those people around. I love how I've used a character name yeah, I know. and an I actor always, name I remember, You know why I remember? Because he directed some of the uh, films as well. So yes. his name pops up at the beginning. And so my brain has photographed that. And therefore, I know he's called Will Riker in the thing. But to me, he's just Jonathan Frakes. Anyway, so all of them surrounding Patrick Stewart in that sort of very 90s poster that you get. But obviously they're all they're all age, like Wharf and you know all aged. And then I heard people like really, really going to town on it and saying how exciting it was and how nostalgic it was. And I thought I'm gonna give this a go. I had like an hour to myself this week, and I thought right, I'm just gonna stick it on. And if after 15 minutes it's a load of old bollocks, 
I can just forget about it. And I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, there's a bit of faff at the beginning where um, Jean-Luc is... Uh, spo- spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen season one, season two of Picard or wants to go into season three without anything. I mean, this is tiny, but um, Jean-Luc's um, having it off with his Romulan housekeeper. Um, apparently someone who was like a essentially an employee of his in season one has suddenly through season two become his lover and she seems to be a damn sight younger than him and also they seem to be on very different pathways in like he's like completely retired admiral and giving away all of his like worldly goods and she's off to some sort of political post somewhere and he's going to go along with her or is he or is he because then out of nowhere dr beverly crusher who no one can understand why who has not been seen for 20 years, she's, she's completely gone away from all the rest of the crew, sends a signal through his little biddy badge that you click on and when you want to talk to people on your, on your outfit. And he's, she's going to send it a little message through and a new adventure will begin and we've got to get the gang back together again. And I just loved it. Can Absolutely you just roll back to it. your use of the term having it off? <laughs> I mean, I know we're talking about like a '90s throwback, but bonking. Um, yeah, bonking, yeah, <laughs> shagging. No, see, that's much worse. That's much. You've got to, you've got to, it, There's a lovely level of having it off and bonking, but then when you get into shagging, that's just like it's just a bit too. Yeah, there's a there's a line. Oh. <laughs> keep with the keep with the '90s line. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Yes. So then I dragged you along for this ride, didn't I? I was like, come, come, come and watch a bit of um, Star Trek with me. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard good things about it, but not enough to get me to, <laughs> to get Did me no interested. one say having it off? And No yeah. one said having it off. No one said bonking. Um, <laughs> no one said get the gang back together. Like, I was interested because of, like I said, it, yeah, it was a, it's a reunion. There are people in this who I enjoy watching, but... Then I mean, there's so much bloody Star Trek. I know yeah, they've now yeah. got a little uh, at the beginning, like a little Marvel type thing where there's like a little animation that goes on and it says uh, Star Trek, and uh, then the show starts. Uh, yeah. So yeah, because there's a Star Trek universe now. Mm, there's probably mm-hmm. four different oh, shows there's all on. Oh, there's different there? ones. That, yeah, I'm not bothered at all about that. I just want this because this to me is like the film, another film. I enjoy everyone interacting. There is a subplot of a character that I think I recognise from season one. Yeah, me too. I know what you mean. I turn off when she's on. Yeah, me too. We've seen seen the first two episodes and her storyline has just got a bit more interesting recently um, for reasons. Mm. Some of the acting in this is absolutely embarrassing, appalling. (laughs) I like it. Um, There are characters with very interesting accents. (laughs) And... But yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't enjoying it. Well, it's to me, it's just like watching the TV show again or like the films, like I say, where sometimes you're kind of going, oh, okay. And then other times you think, wow, I'm watching some this really deep performance about, you know, what you do in these very, very difficult circumstances of politics and intrigue and morality. And so, yeah, I'm really, I really like it. There's a really weird thing where, like, 
Gates McFadden hasn't really been seen for the last episode, even though it's like, yep, she's on the ship. Yep, yep, yep. We're, we're not going to show you her face. Not going to show you her face. And then she, I mean, she, she does appear in this, yeah. but I, only, I wonder if like, yeah. I she, she was ill those days or just, just off somewhere show, else. You just have to show yeah. her, like B-roll of her face. Like, <laughs> just lie down here. We're just going to take a photo of you on a bed. And uh, yeah. And I'm not quite sure where it's going. I mean, there was, there was a major plot reveal in episode two that you and I had already lined up in our minds. But I quite like the fact that it wasn't like it was it wasn't drawn out, it wasn't and all the things that we thought other people were also saying within, you know, Jonathan Frakes was going, Oh, what about this? What about this? you know and we were doing that as well. So I'm glad it wasn't this sort of like oh, only the audience know that this could possibly be what this is. It was like everyone was like that and then they got it all out and they got it all sorted, you know, one way or another and it wasn't just left hanging for sort of 15 episodes. So I quite like the fact that it's very not knowing. It's very, very, it knows exactly what it is. Sometimes, you know, you think they're going to turn to the camera and give it a great big wink and I just enjoy that. You, You sat, you had your phone sort of like firmly in your hand when we watched episode two and i think you can do that you can just sit on an evening one person not particularly that (laughs) sort of like bothered about watching every single moment that's on the screen like me where i was like oh are they gonna put any more of this in but then i was i could you know gone into the kitchen and come back and not really felt that i needed to pause it or it's that sort of thing i'm enjoying it i'll pay attention when jordy laforge is on screen <laughs> yeah, i don't wait for well i keep waiting for all the or they others have to go to and get some back. shall we talk about yeah last one last thing to talk about so now what this is, is this called what is it called this <laughs> is why this we are pausing a, this is a really bad title yeah now originally you said to me it was something like fleischman is in trouble that is what it's called oh wait <laughs> See, and that's how bad this is because I do not know that that's the title. I'm thinking that's the title or the trouble with Fleisch. Was it the trouble with Fleischman? Something it could like have been that. something like that. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. that trouble's in it. We finding Fleischman. Fle- finding Fleischman. That was it. You were the finding Fleischman. Fleischman in Fly. I mean, it could have been all of those. Yes. All those things. So this is based on a book, um, okay. which I was very excited to to hear because you know anything to do with books at the moment is my my bag. Funny that. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah. I hadn't heard of it before. Did you know anything about this TV yeah. show before you sort of said to me? Because, yes, obviously. Like, yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Rather than just like, oh, I've heard this thing's out. What, what did you know? So this was raved about on a lot of podcasts I listened to about four months ago when it when it was on American TV. It's taken a little time to get over here. Mm. Um, well, lots of things annoying, are, For annoying reasons. But yeah, then it was... I, I, like I've been waiting for it I've been keeping an eye on when it's coming because it's got a lot of people in it that I really mm. like um, but yeah I, I I knew about it and I've been waiting for it so mm. I was like let's give it a go yeah and it's um, it's Jesse and I can't remember his surname What's Eisenberg he got? that's it Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes yeah are a divorced couple who newly have divorced. newly divorced who have two children and we are following Fleischman, as we, we know him, yeah. um, who is a doctor and um, lives in a, a sense of a beautiful apartment in New York. But because of the circles in which he and his wife, um, who seem to be very well to do, are, are sort of are, are in, um, he is often especially with the friends isn't he he's often made to feel lesser than even though he's an incredibly intelligent doctor with a beautiful apartment yes 
So, as part of this, he touches base with his old sort of college friends who he has fallen out of touch with because of... I don't think they liked his wife. Mm -hmm. That's quite clear. And hilarity ensues. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the first episode, a something occurs, which I'm not going to spoil because mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. left... There, there, there's a thing that's hung, hung on it, isn't it? Yeah. Something occurs and yeah. then that's sort of where, where we're we going to head off from, yes. aren't we? Mm. Um, but this is so funny so so funny and so quick-witted and I mean Jesse Eisenberg I think he's having a really really fun time for reasons we may go into in a few moments as well yeah. uh, but just really fun in terms of the dialogue it's very quick it's really really witty and um, who are the um, who are the friends who are the so people that Lizzie play Kaplan the friends that's it and Adam Brody yeah so everyone is properly on top of their game aren't they and they, they they seem to be having a really good time bouncing off each other i want to spend time with lizzie mm. kaplan adam Brody, mm. and jesse eisenberg yeah. just sat in a diner watching them shoot the shit yeah um and slag off the ex-wife that no one that no one likes <laughs> yeah. who's played by claire danes the dialogue is so true to life as well like it, of, of yes. mates who've known each other for a long time who may not have seen each other for a while as they haven't um and who were able just to come back together again and they know each other intimately. And then there is this, this added this added part that really took me by surprise of that Jesse Eisenberg's character has got on the apps and he is having a lot of sex or having it off as um, they would call it in Picard. I have never seen such an advert for mm. divorce. <laughs> and Jesse Eisenberg, though someone who is incredibly successful uh, as a doctor and this show kind of goes into like I just stop you and remind you it wasn't an episode of House at one point <laughs> because you were like trying to solve the mystery. Someone that they comes were doing. in and they were jaundiced, yeah, and they were trying to like work out what was wrong with them. And I was like, "Well, cirrhosis of the liver." And <laughs> okay, but he clearly is someone who, in before he got together with his wife, who I think it's been like at least 10, like 15 10, 15 years. years yeah. yeah, he's got a thirteen-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um. Clearly wasn't necessarily the most successful with, with women. Hmm. And he's now finding himself as this successful single man about town. Yeah. And having a, an amazing, amazing time. Amazing time with all this sort of like no string sex. And the montage of the sex scenes is just really, really interesting. There's so much placed on... Um, and actually, I thought there was quite a diversity in the women as well. But there's so much placed on... I don't know if you noticed this, but placed on the women having a good time. It wasn't about him having a good time. He kind of is doing that Jesse Eisenberg, oh, I don't really know what, what's happening to me here, sort of look. You know, that sort of slightly slightly um, bemused and, um, and feeling slightly awkward moment. If you look at his face, whereas the women who he's having sex with, he's having sex in lots of different, they show all different varieties of, of sexual activity. But they are having a great time, and you can see that in the the way that they react. And also, um, there's a lot. Of, there's some full frontal nudity from the women as well. well there is, yeah, first. yeah. There was at one at one point. There is one. But I think, showing, there's, I think there's a carefully placed carefully. But yeah. But also, but but showing female pleasure, which is really interesting. I think for for this, it's not all about him having. Of the time of his life. I mean, I didn't notice that because I was just trying to work out <laughs> what I could get away with on this podcast. Yeah, to be yeah, honest, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was very interestingly, interestingly done. But yeah, that 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 idea that he's um, this like this, this man, but and not in a 
I thought it was, it's not done in a way that makes you feel like he's creepy. Yeah, he's not or, sleazy. He's no, just... he, and he's being very upfront with what yeah. he wants. He's not leading these women on. I mean, you clearly feel that there's some sort of unresolved tension between Lizzie Kaplan's character and him. And she yes. seems to be in a, a marriage where she's saying, well, you know, my day to day, she's at home. She's looking after the children. Her husband's coming home and she feels like he's been off doing things in the city. How has your day been? And oh, oh it's been busy. And how's it? Well, it, my day's just been exactly the same as it is every day. And you feel this sense of the lack of fulfillment in her I life. Mean, spoiler, she's pe- featured on the poster quite prominently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really love it. Now, this has been getting a lot of criticism, um, and particularly people who I. I really like it. I really like listening to to their reviews around the idea that these are very rich people, and they clearly are. Um, and there's almost this sense of um, rich people boohoo. Oh, they're oh, miser- you know miserable rich people. What a shame. Should we really be feeling sorry for them? Um, but I quite like watching rich people being miserable. So I don't really mind the idea of um, people with a lot of money um, who live very privileged lives perhaps having some difficult times and was was watching that but i also i'm i don't I'm trying to think how to how to put this i quite like, I quite like the setting i mean it just shows this says more about me than anything but i just really like looking at the nice apartments and the clothes and you do you know what i mean i i really like the, how clean everything looks and how beautiful the streets are and I I like being in that world um, I think it is you know. I've got to be careful what I say here mm. I feel it is very aspirational in that there is someone who is feeling had come from like quite a bad place and is now feeling liberated and you know I'm not going to download any apps anytime soon mm. so don't worry about that and <laughs> that. Well, I'm not worried about it good yeah no, good but like there is like there is that thing of like in the same way that when you see and you know a lot of people have criticised Succession for yes it's rich it people who mm. you know doing that but when you see them on a boat in the Mediterranean there is a bit of Ooh, I, could, I could, yeah, I could get that yeah. being waited on by a staff. Look at that big hat that Shiv, Shiv's wearing. And, you know, like as much as I'm uncomfortable with being waited mm. on by a staff, you know, like there is mm. that little. Oh, it might be nice just once. <laughs> Where and you know, I'd quite yeah. like to live in a apartment overlooking yeah, Central, um, Park Central Park, and, or, yeah. or even you know Lisa's Park, and <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, like. Mm. Yeah. But I can see how for some people that just isn't their bag. Yeah. And for me, rightly or wrongly, it really is. So it really falls into that quick-witted, um, very fast-paced humour, mm. or some awkwardness, a little bit of romance, a little bit of posh people chatting away. Um, it all kind of comes together for me. Good kid performances as well. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, going back to Cocaine Bear, some of the, one of the kid performances is quite annoying, whereas in this... The kids hit the right note, even the you know they're meant to be a little bit like of yeah, a problem so, at times. Yeah, of course, because yeah. the, the daughter is they are children of divorce, and therefore, and the daughter has clearly taken the mother's side. Yeah, the, she, you can hear the mother in the daughter. Yeah, which is very true true to life. With whereas the son seems to be wanting to sort of help his old dad, yeah. and you know a little bit more. Like he sort of clearly sees the pain in his dad's face yeah. when the daughter's you know sort of playing away but yeah it's 
it I, I think it's great i'm glad you um you said for us to watch it and when we finished episode one i nearly said to you do you want to watch the next one <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I think quite often when we do these things, we're like, mm. oh, I, "Oh, I really enjoy this," mm. and then we stop watching it. And then we it. stop watching it. Yeah. But I think I will plow on through this, even mm. if you stop. And yeah, but I think we're both on the same page on this, mm. pretty much. Yeah, mm. nice. Right then, a, a nice podcast <laughs> I is complete. Like, I was like, God, "What have I got next to say?" It's the have end. It's yes. the end. It's because we're doing TV at the end. So now uh, I'm thinking we should go to film, but we've already done that. I can talk about Marcel, Marcel no, the with shoes on. No, no, I'm, I'm, you just like saying the title. No, I don't actually. You do. it's, it, it's a long thing to say. You do, you like it because you say it over and over again. Because you find an excuse to say it and then you do it. You can't, I don't think you can like shorten it down because if you just say Marcel, yeah. people think the monkey from Friends <laughs> oh, and, okay. or Marcel Marcel. We will be back soon. There is a lot coming out. I need to see Creed 2 because Creed 3 is coming out next oh, weekend. Yeah, you do, don't you? You need to see the second one. Yeah, I don't one. know how I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like, all the way through. Because I've like, seen it, so yeah. I don't know how you haven't. No. Uh. Something else must have been happening that weekend yeah. or something. But yeah. Um, and then we've got, like, there's a lot of things back to back. Like, there's Scream 6. Mm-hmm. There's Dungeons and Dragons. Dun- hey, yeah, look, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, filmed up here. It was all filmed in the northeast. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're all, obviously, we're all um, counting down for Indiana Jones, so we've got that coming. There's loads of things com- coming out over the next few months. So, yeah, we will be back, and we will be covering as much of it as we possibly can. And we can tell you why we've stopped watching Picard. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. It's got shit all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you'd like to leave a review or a star rating, review on Apple Podcasts, star rating on Spotify, uh, we really, really appreciate that. It does really help us move through the rankings and the algorithms and the other things that help people find us. And if you want to follow us, we are on Instagram and Twitter at The Honeymoon Pod. See you next time. See you later.